Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. What's good, my friends? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate Rolling on until 5.30 p.m. today. Not what you expected to hear, huh? Not what we expected to hear. But it's cool because we've got, proud to be bringing to you, Furman basketball. Winners of two straights in SOCON conference play. Funny what happens when the team starts to get just a little bit healthy. String together some dubs. Uh, They're at VMI tonight. Tip of the game is at 6 p.m., so the pregame show is on at 5.30. So offsides today uh, lasts until 5.30 p.m. Glad to have you with us between now and then. Thank you guys so much for all the kind words on the show in the first hour of the show. So, guys, I wanted to to take a look at something here and, and share this with you. Because I think it's I think it's pretty doggone cool, if I if I'm honest with you, I wanted to take a look at where you had to be in the preseason polls. Okay, in the preseason polls, where did you have to be to win the national championship? Where did you have to be to play in the national championship? And I know what you're saying, Mark. You always say the preseason polls are irrelevant. Well, it's not that the people voting in the polls are always wrong. It's just all for hype. And in order to be accurate and in order for the teams that, um, you know, that don't start in the top 25, in order for them to be on level footing, you can't have a poll until October. Otherwise, what happens is the teams that start in the top 10 always remain one loss ahead of everybody else. Now I can prove this. You got one team that started number eight, one team that started unranked, okay? Um, The unranked team beats the number eight team. They're now 3-0. The number eight team is 2-1. What will happen is the unranked team will be like number 11, and the number eight team will be number 12. And it's like they remain one loss ahead of them the entire season. Sucks, and it's not fair. I'm telling you, like, it's it's really, really, really not fair. No matter what way you slice it, it is not fair. So, my friends, I thought I would share this with you. I went back 
And I looked at all of the national championship winners in the college football playoff era. Um, Michigan and Georgia and Georgia and Alabama and LSU and Clemson and Alabama and Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State. I went back and I looked at each and every one of these teams, okay, um, that made it. And I said, where were they in the preseason poll at the start of the year? Where were they? Where did they come out? And here is what I found. Okay, here is what I found. They came out, all right, third. Wow. That, that, that doesn't offer a lot of hope, does it? I mean, it's, it's like, wow. So they kind of do know what they're talking about, the, the preseason poll voters. You know, like the average ranking of teams who win the national championship in the preseason poll, their average ranking was number three. Now, I will tell you this. I will tell you that only one time in the college football playoff era did the national champion actually go wire to wire and win the whole thing. It was Alabama, but only one time did the number one team go wire to wire. But you got to be in that mix. You got to be one, two, three, four, five in the preseason poll to win the national championship. In order of making it, to the national championship game, there were two instances in which teams that made it were not in the top 25 when the year began. One of these I couldn't believe, okay? TCU was unranked, and Diesel, would you believe that uh, the 2017 Georgia Bulldogs that lost to Alabama in overtime, Tua Tagovailoa in OT to Devontae Smith for the win, that Georgia team was not ranked to start the year. Not ranked. So what do you do? How do you determine that? Well, I looked at all the teams and the others receiving votes, and I put TCU didn't have a single vote the year, the, the year they made it to the national championship game last year. Didn't have a single preseason vote. And I said, okay, 47 teams received votes. I'm going to have TCU as the 48th ranked team. Then I said, okay, Georgia. Georgia isn't ranked to start this year, but Georgia is in the is in the others receiving votes. So I could say, okay, Georgia's 33rd. And then I could do all of the permutations and calculations, and I could say, okay, to make the national championship game, where do you need to be? The average was top 10. Unfortunately, if you remove TCU from the mix, if you remove TCU from the mix, it becomes like top six. So like TCU is an anomaly. You factor them into the equation, right? Um, they TCU makes it so that the average is 9.6. But if you take TCU out roughly to play in the national championship game, the average ranking of teams playing in the national championship game, preseason poll, number six. To win the national championship, top three in the preseason poll. Worst case scenario for you, top five in the preseason poll. Now, because we always want to spin things locally, here's what I'll share with you. Would you believe 
that Clemson's preseason ranking has gotten worse four years in a row. So in other words, what they were ranked to start the year in 2019, 2020, 20, right? Four years in a row, Clemson's preseason ranking has gotten worse. Guys, listen, do not be denial is just a river in Egypt guy. Don't be that guy. Please. You have to see there is a downturn. Okay? You can tell me that Dabo is your guy. I respect that Dabo is your guy. I would also tell you that coaches who have raised the bar have been fired for failure to maintain the bar that they set. But they raised the bar. Dabo's why we're here. Yes, but when you, you, when you raise the bar to that level, you have a responsibility to maintain what you've built. You can't just assume you're going to go right back to mediocrity when Dabo leaves. That's a loser's mentality. And again, Diesel, it brings me right back to the point that we always say, the similarities between Clemson and South Carolina fans. I'm seeing some Gamecock fan behavior in Clemson fans when we asked that question yesterday. How long should Dabo get if Clemson doesn't turn it back around? The fact that 60% of people said as long as he wants, this is his baby, tells you that they still don't hold themselves to the bar that Dabo set for them. Yeah, you think you're doing the right thing by being loyal when what you're actually doing is holding your program back by refusing to hold Dabo accountable. You are. So what are you going to do about it? The answer is have high standards. Okay, maybe the current era, maybe in the current era, it's not possible. I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But maybe NIL doesn't benefit Clemson, small town, off the beaten path, right? Uh, Maybe the transfer portal is never going to fully benefit a school like Clemson. So maybe instead of being a contender every year, maybe it's only realistic in this era to be a contender every three to four years. But guess what? This next year is year four. You haven't been. Okay? You haven't been. You're, you're, not, you're not contenders. You didn't make the playoff in 2021. You didn't make the playoff in 2022. You didn't make the playoff in 2023. And then there's this mic drop moment. Clemson's preseason ranking this year, Diesel. Okay? Coming into 2023, it was number 11. When Dabo's run started, it was number 12. I will bet you a pretty penny that Clemson's preseason ranking this year is going to be lower than it was when Clemson's run began. And so now we have reverted all the way back. You guys don't want Dabo to go because, and look at what it was before he got here. And I'm telling you, sorry to hit you with the bear of bad tiding, as a bear of bad tiding, you're back there. You are now about to enter the year. Okay, with a preseason ranking um, that is lower than when Dabo's reign began in 2012. Okay, when when Clemson really took off 2012, I'm telling you, the preseason ranking this year is going to be lower than that. 
Tim Lipsy on the YouTube uh, chat says, unless Dabo changes his philosophy, they will continue to regress. About that, you are right. Also, welcome, Tim Lipsy. I think this is the first time we've ever seen you comment. Hey, if you are watching the YouTube stream and you've never commented on the show, you're, you're, you're a lurker. That's okay. Uh, we would like you, though, to at least pop up and say, hey, I'm watching the show. Tell us who you are and tell us where you're watching from. That would yeah. be great. We would love to know uh, where we're reaching right now. Absolutely love to hear from you guys always. And uh, it's been awesome to be able to see the growth of the YouTube channel. Let us get to J.D. and Simpsonville, who wants to chime in on the college football playoff rankings, et cetera. J.D., what's good, man? Hey, uh, Mark, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I think I called in just a few weeks ago, and I, I talked about the college football playoff when it expands to 12 teams being, you know, a mulligan fest. And the preseason rankings that you were just mentioning – you know, kind of plays into that whole thing because all these teams that are going to be top ranked, they're already going to play in the preseason, and then they're going to be able to stay in those top, you know, 12 to 15 spots. And so we're just going to see a lot of uh, rematches. And what you asked what we learned from the CFP going to four teams, I, what I learned is that when you start expanding things, that no one's going to be happy about it. Um, things are just going to continue to keep expanding further and further. And, and to include more teams. And so it'll just be a little more watered down. Um, and and I, I, I don't know. I'm torn on it. it it'll it be interesting to see. But um, I also I had another thing I wanted to talk to you about, Mark, to the uh, Dallas Cowboys. I owe them two thank yous, if I could, real quick. Is that okay with you, sir? Absolutely. Go right for it. Okay. So, uh, so the Dallas Cowboys, I, first of all, I want to give them a big thank you for uh, – they weren't so big here in South Carolina when you posted that stat about the Panthers being the most hated team in North Carolina. If the Cowboys weren't so big here in South Carolina, the most hated team wouldn't have been the Eagles. So I owe them a thank you for that. And then I owe them one more thank you for a trip's go-kart, man. I couldn't get the thing to crank forever. I checked and made sure there was gas in it. I couldn't get it to crank. And, you know, turns out, hey, there's this little choke switch on there. Man, I tell you what, I put a Dallas Cowboys sticker on that thing and turned the choke on, and that sucker crunk right up. I'll be dog if the Dallas Cowboys didn't fix trips go-kart. I don't know what it is. I don't know why they do that every year. J.D., thanks for the call. J.D., that might be the best piece of trash talking you've ever given us on this show. It was. <laughs> it was. That that was drop-worthy, Diesel. It was. Um, well, it would have been if you hadn't been talking over it. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, he was delivering this great diss to the Dallas Cowboys, and then you talked over him. J.D., I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> J.D., do, do me a favor. Call in before the weekend with the exact same line, okay? I will not talk over it the next time, um, and then we will have it. Uh, Diesel, this has been a moment. These are conversations that I've had with so many hosts I'm like, when you feel like the guest is giving a good piece of audio, don't laugh. Don't laugh into the mic. Don't do that. You know, like, and I did it. Guilty as charged. JD, about, call, call us back before the weekend. Give us that same line. We'll put it on the, uh, on the drop bar for My you. favorite radio drop uh, is, is from App State blocking the kick at Michigan. And the play-by-play the -play host is yelling out, it's Gonzo. It's Gonzo in the big house. 
and his color commentary guys just going, whoa, wow, over the top of it. I was like, shut up, dude. It's Gonzo in the big house is a great radio drop, and you're just yelling over it. What are you doing? Yeah, you're ruining it. You're ruining it. I ruined it, J.D. I ruined it. Don't let me ruin it. <laughs> Don't let me ruin it the second time. Texter says, wake up, Clemson fans. When fans at Alabama don't want Dabo, it's time to take a look at what's really going on and apologize to Tyler from Spartanburg. Ooh. Any Clemson fans out there ready to apologize to Tyler from Spartanburg? Can you guys get pictures over text? A texter wants to know. Can we, Diesel? No, we cannot. We cannot. Mr. Mark, you owe me an apology. Uh, texter, I already apologized for that. You send a text and then you go away? I already apologized for that. Uh, texter says, went to my first game at Colonial Life Arena as a fan of the visiting team a few weeks ago. And props, it was a great atmosphere. Look at you guys. Doing very, very well. I've never understood giving the blue hairs, the old fogies, the best seats in the house. For basketball. Like, you want that loud, raucous atmosphere. They don't want to have loud, raucous teenagers around them. So sell them a VIP second. They'll pay for it. Yeah. They will pay extra money to get away from wild college kids. But you and I both know that on television and on the court, the loud, wild college kids play so much better than old people sitting on their hands. Well, think about it, Diesel. You're a high school kid thinking about where you want to go to school. You want to, want to go to a place that's dead? You want to go to a place that's hopping, right? Think about that. Think about how it looks to recruits, national TV. Yeah. You know, you got a bunch of gray tops in the stands or you got a bunch of people losing their ever-loving minds. I, it's a conundrum because they need the money. Why, why is Cameron Indoor Stadium so nuts game in and game out? Because of the students are all around the floor. Yeah. And no one else in this country has figured out, give the students the entire lower bowl. Yep. That's exactly right. I mean, I'd love to see their business model, you know, because it is all students right around there. The gray tops would pay more, right? They'd pay more. There's there's uh, absolutely positively no doubt about that. All right, my friends. We're coming right back uh, with your way with a little preview nugget on this weekend's divisional series. Here on Offsides, we are the Fan Up State. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 
It's Offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, we are the Fan Upstate. Tremendous to have you guys with us. All right, Diesel, very quick early lean here, okay, to win and against the spread. Texas at Baltimore. The line is Baltimore minus nine. Who wins? Who covers? Uh, I think I think the Texans cover. Ravens win. I think the Ravens win, and I think the Ravens cover nine points. Um, and I, and I like Tex- the Texans a lot. I don't think they're ready for this. Green Bay at San Francisco. Diesel, exactly the same parameters. San Francisco minus nine. Who wins? Who covers? Uh, that I could see the 49ers winning and covering. I could, I could see a situation where the, the Packers kind of shot their shot against Dallas, and they, they may not have a whole lot left in the tank, especially after a lot of travel. I could see them you know, having that one exceptional performance in the wild card, wild card game against Dallas and then – you know, just having an epic collapse themselves in the in uh, the divisional. Totally agree. Totally agree. 49ers win, 49ers cover. These are two double-digit wins on Saturday. Buccaneers at the Lions, Diesel. Lions favored by six and a half points. Always be wary of a spread like that because they, they want you to say, oh, Detroit wins by a touchdown, I win. They know that, obviously. They want you to think that. So, Detroit minus six and a half. Tampa Bay at Detroit. After all, Diesel, they got to play in those 13-degree temperatures up there in Detroit, right? <laughs> well, it's going to be a balmy 65 inside the dome. Yeah. Um, again, a reason why I think every stadium needs to have a closable roof for these late-season games. You shouldn't get this massive competitive advantage just because you're up north. Um let me say that uh, I, I think the Lions are a team of destiny this year. I think they win and cover. I think the Lions win, and I think the Lions cover. This one, Diesel, uh, you can sway me. Kansas City at Buffalo. Sunday night, 6.30 p.m. Um, supposed to be 20 degrees, but that's nothing. That's balmy. I mean, they're going to have their swimsuits on. For it, Let's get on tropical, right? Yeah. Uh, the line is Buffalo minus three. Kansas City at Buffalo, Buffalo minus three. Uh, I think I think Buffalo wins. I think Buffalo wins and covers. I, it, it feels wrong to just say the home team is going to win and cover every time. But I think that environment in, in Buffalo is, is such that the Bills fans are going to – Bills Mafia is going to be insane. They're, hide your tables all over, the, all over upstate New York because they're, they're busting through. It's not it's not wrong, Diesel, and here's why. The winning percentage of home teams in the wild card round is 48%. The winning percentage of teams in the divisional round is 76%. The odds are three out of four home teams will win. You and I have picked four out of four home teams, and we only disagreed. You say Houston covers the spread and loses. I think Baltimore, I think Houston loses and doesn't cover the spread. I'm taking Buffalo at home, their current form, Hot streak. They win and cover. There you go. Chris Phillips, SEC Unfiltered, joins us next right here on Offsides. We are the Fan Upstate. So uh, South Carolina wore the L at home 
to a very average basketball coach yesterday. Mike White, Georgia. Why do I know that? Used to be the coach of my alma mater, the University of Florida Gators. And Mike White did this little shysty maneuver where right before he was about to get fired, he you almost never see this in sports. Florida was about to fire him. Okay? This would like this could happen this year, Diesel. Very unlikely. But imagine for a minute that uh like Brad Brownell in a blink takes the coaching job at Pitt right before he's about to get fired at Clemson. Okay, a lesser ACC school just hired him. That's what Georgia did with Mike White. Um, They're not awful. They're not great. Um, And they went to South Carolina. Uh, The Gamecocks, I wanted to say, were six, six six-and-a-half-point favorites last night, and uh, the Bulldogs got the dub. It was not without controversy. Uh, there was a flagrant called on South Carolina, an undercutting uh, of a drive. And let me tell you, folks, they always call that as a flagrant foul. You know, I'm not saying the player had malicious intent, but if a player is airborne and your defender undercuts him when he's in the air, that is always a flagrant foul. Always. You know, it's it's about the decision. It's not about the result. You could say, well, Mark, Dude didn't even get hurt. Not about that. It's about the decision. It's not about the results. Let's get to it. And Chris Phillips joins us right now on the line. Will you stop running into Diesel in uh, downtown Greenville? Chris, will you stop doing that? <laughs> How you doing, man? Small world, man. That was great to see Diesel out and about. So it was, uh, yeah, that was really cool. But I, I appreciate you having me on, man. And, yeah, we're in full swing with SEC basketball season. Obviously, you mentioned that the flagrant that was called, Mark, and that was the you know, that, that uh, I've heard a lot today from Gamecock fans that the referees are why South Carolina lost. But, you know, oh, I, I look on. at it, Mark. Come on. Well, I, to get to that, there's things I believe that you can control and there's things you can't control. And you can't necessarily control what a referee does or does not call, especially in basketball where a, where a foul is, you know, you kind of make up your mind what is a foul and what's not, right? But when you miss 15 free throws and you lose a game by five points, Mark, I mean, that's, that's fully in your control. So it was a it was a huge missed opportunity for South Carolina last night, a game that, you know, you felt like if they were going to keep up the momentum of talking about NCAA tournament appearance or what have you, I, I'm not saying they can't do it. Like it's 100% they can't do it. But that, that was a – that loss last night really hurt on the resume. Keeping it on the hardwood here, Chris, what can you tell us uh, about the fallout from the Nate Oates at Alabama situation where he – uh, pushed a Missouri player out of the way. Is there any is there any fallback from that, or is it uh, just it is what it is? So he effectively – that's a great question, Diesel. He effectively got a slap on the wrist from the SEC, a, a public reprimand, I believe it's called, which, again, I think is just that. It's just literally a slap on the wrist. It's, they send him a letter saying, hey, you shouldn't have done that, and that's about all she wrote. I, I thought you realistically could have given him a game or two. I, I mean, it's it's – um, you watch the video and it's like, you understand where Nate Oates is coming from, I'm sure. And it's, and it's, you know, I, I think today kind of showed that, uh, you know, fandom overrules logic in a lot of these scenarios, right. Where it's like Alabama fans are saying, that's the kind of coach you want to have. He's protecting the team. He's protecting the guys and everybody on the outside looking in is like, yeah, you can't put your hands on a player. Right. And every fan base almost near all the, all the diehards, at least the fanaticals would would go with that same sentiment as well, like Bama fans are doing. But you just can't touch an opposing player, man. You just can't put your hands on an opposing player. So I thought suspending him for a game or two would have been the move. But, uh, you know, the SEC with a 
nothing more than, I guess, a stern tongue lashing was sufficient for Nate Oates. So uh, not a great look, not a great look, especially for a guy whose program last year went through so much turmoil off the court, right, with some legal stuff, and, and then this happens. And, you know, I got nothing against Nate Oates, but you can tell, you, you can see, you can understand how he's somewhat of an unlikable guy. Um, great basketball coach, but uh, always seems to find himself in the middle of stuff like this. So no harm, no foul is what the SEC has to say about it. Chris, we were complimenting uh, Colonial Life Arena for what they do, allowing fans to kind of stream in and fill in empty seats in the lower bowl what would be your solution for that conundrum that it's the gray tops who can afford the expensive seats, but it's not the gray tops that make it a raucous home court atmosphere. It's not the gray tops that make it look great on TV. Then you got the gray tops who are upset because man, I paid 200 bucks for this ticket and you just let a student come down here that paid 10. How do you get around that? Uh, well, Mark, first thing, I think it's great that Colonial Life Arena, I think others are doing that as well, where it's at a certain point in the game, they're allowing students or, or fans to come down and fill the lower bowl. And, I mean, here's the thing, Mark. When you have an arena like Colonial Life Arena, it's a beautiful arena, right? It, it's great for many reasons. Uh, concert venue, basketball games, obviously. But when you have a venue that seats 18,000 people, like I, I don't care how good the product is, it's going to be really, really difficult to fill that size of an arena for college basketball. I mean, it just is, right, in the SEC especially. So, um, And if you've ever seen the way the student section is set up at the CLA, it's a disgrace, really, truly. I mean, they're putting half the student section up in the upper deck or the upper part of the arena. Um, I mean, I think you lean more towards you want that raucous environment, you want that great environment, especially with a young coach like Lamont Paris who's trying to build something and – you know, you want to have the most hostile home environment you possibly can. Um, I think the gray tops can just get over it, Mark. There's really no other way to put it. I mean, uh, if you're not going to show up to the game and there's going to be empty seats, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous to have people sitting up in the rafters when half of the lower bowl is empty. And I'm not saying that was the case last night, but certainly there have been games like that. So I think it's a great thing South Carolina is doing. I know some other venues and arenas are doing that as well, but I mean, Again, you want to get behind a young coach. You want to get behind a young coach in year two of his tenure. I I encourage it. I mean, I, I certainly don't have any problem with it. Rather that rather than the fact I encourage it, and I think South Carolina is doing a great thing by uh, trying to make the CLA as intimidating an atmosphere as possible. And um, they got to restructure the student section too, man. Having the students up top just just does nothing. I, I don't know why South Carolina hasn't been able to figure that out, but. Uh, I hope they continue to do it, truly, because it looks much better on TV. It's much louder and creates a better home atmosphere for the Gamecocks. Chris, do you believe that the SEC has surpassed the ACC as a better basketball conference? It sounds crazy, Diesel, but I think you really could. I think you really could argue that. Um, The depth of the league is what stands out, right? I mean, Vandy's terrible. They're at the bottom. Outside of that, everybody is a tough out. And, I mean, I think you could really look at the top of the league, too, and what Tennessee is doing, what Auburn is doing. Kentucky is Kentucky. I think Alabama is starting to come along. Uh, we'll see kind of who that five and number six team is, if you are who those teams are, if you will. But, I mean, the sheer depth of the league is one of the things that really, really makes it stand out. I mean, you saw South Carolina and Georgia last night, right? And I just think what you're seeing, and that's what stood out to me, Diesel, early on is – the depth of the league like tonight we've got LSU Ole Miss 
LSU's a three-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. And, I mean, they're early on in the Matt McMahon tenure, and Ole Miss is a top-25 team, and they go on the road, and they're an underdog. So, it just I think it just goes to show, man, it's it's uh, it's true in football. It's certainly true in baseball and in basketball as well now. You know, this, this conference has come so far over the last decade where truly anybody can beat anybody on any given night. That's what we're seeing. And so I think, you know, based off of that, I think you certainly could argue that the SEC ha- has, has taken over as – um, superior to the ACC when it comes to basketball conferences. But that does feel strange to say, right, because forever we grew up with the ACC is, you know, the best basketball conference in the country. So I, I think it's a fun conversation. But the SEC has, has come so far over the last decade plus or so. Chris, what would you do with Brad Brown, LLLLL, LLL? There, there's more else coming there. Uh, but uh, what, what, what would you do with him? Three births in 13 years. You're aware of the now viral conversation I had on the sideline with Graham Neff last year that he said I had full license to share with the Clemson fans that if Clemson did not make the tournament this year, they would be making a change. Um, what is it? like? There, there's some Dallas Cowboys in that guy. You know, where it's like it gets to an important moment and like the airwave, the air, the airway just gets tight, man. Like, what what do you do there? I mean, it's it's they were so good, so dominant until we got to ACC play. Now they're scuffling around, losing to non top 25 teams. Have you seen enough to pull the trigger on Brownell? Yeah, Mark, it's it's one of those things. Taylor's oldest time, right? We're having this conversation again. I feel like I've heard you do this segment multiple times over the last couple of years, right? We get to a certain point, especially, too, it seems Clemson follows this path of they start out really hot, maybe they start hot in conference play, and then it's like reality sets in, right? Like you mentioned, a little bit of Dallas Cowboys and Brad Brownell. I guess Clemson fans, you just have to ask yourself, are you tired of having the same conversation over and over and over again, right? And at some point, it becomes very obvious what you need to do. Like, what are the expectations for your basketball program? You know what I mean? We've asked. So we've asked, low? Chris. Let me let me interject right. here. We've asked, and it's okay. the same for Clemson and South Carolina. Make the tournament okay. more years than you don't. Okay. Right. For Brad Brownell to achieve that, okay, he would have to make the tournament seven years in a row, starting now. Well, Clemson <laughs> fans didn't like when I said that during the hot start, and they said, "No, no, 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 no. It starts. The clock starts now, or the clock starts when we, um, you know, gave Little John the facelift." And regardless, the, 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 you see the goalposts are moving. You know, when they're winning, they, they move the goalposts. No, no, no. The reality is make the tournament more years than you miss it. He's got to make it seven years in a row for that to be the case. I think the first strike that he gets, he'd be out for me in that seven-year stretch. Mm. Yeah, I and mean, I think you're just spinning your wheels at this point, right, if you're Clemson. Um, you sort of know what you're going to get. So. I'd be in favor. Listen, they missed the tournament this year. I think I think making a change, and to your point, you've had the conversation with Clemson's leadership that the change will be coming, and I think it'll be a good change. I really do. Um, you know, I, I I know basketball in the Palmetto State is not held in high, as high regard as even baseball, right, in regards to expectations, in regards to maybe even fan support. But really, if you think about it, Mark, there's no reason why these schools in the Palmetto State cannot be successful basketball programs, why they can't, for example, make the tournament more often than they miss it, can't make the tournament six out of ten times in a decade. And, you know, the first thing that has to change is the expectations from the fans and from the administration of those two schools. And so, 
you know, I think it was you that said it. I've heard it from others before. You, you, you get what you allow, right? You become what you allow. And I mean, if you continue to let Brad Brownell just slide and come back and you're going to keep getting the same thing. So if I was a Clemson fan, certainly, I think I'd be ready to pull the trigger on Brownell, assuming they don't make the tournament this year. And you know what, maybe things, maybe you take a step back for a couple of years, but at least you're trying something different, right? Just ask South Carolina, right? You get rid of Frank Martin, year one under Lamont Paris was abysmal. I mean, look what's happened this year, though, right? Sometimes change can be a good thing. Chris Phillips, SEC Unfiltered, joining us on the show. Chris, I'm going to ask you sort of an all-encompassing meta-SEC football question here. What teams in the SEC got what they needed this offseason to really take a big step forward in 2024? Not a little piece here, not an extra 20 yards on offense there, but, like, who got what they really needed to take a step forward? Well, Diesel, I'll start with the Georgia Bulldogs because Nick Saban hung it up. I mean, that was the last thing. I mean, that was kind of the last thing standing in their way, the last real thorn in their side. So, um, I mean, listen, I think if you're a Georgia fan right now, you're you're living in a fantasy land. You're living in a dream world, right, where Nick Saban is, is no longer coaching Alabama. We're seeing the mass exodus in Tuscaloosa. And so if I'm a Dogs fan, I mean, I'm, I'm giddy, man. I just, you know, I, I you, you look at the – what were, they, what were they, one in five against Saban, right? So the thing that was sort of standing in their way from really taking that next step in regards to, to being a, a quote-unquote dynasty, if you will, is now gone. So I, I think Georgia, you know, let's call it what it is. They're one of the biggest winners from Nick Saban's retirement. Um, I know we've talked about it before, guys, but I, I think Ole Miss. I mean, the, the you know, I talked to Brad Logan, an Ole Miss insider. I believe he's with 24 – or on three sports, actually – um, either way, though, talked to the Ole Miss insider, and he told me that from the portal pickups they've gotten, he is expecting Ole Miss in this 2024 season for when they take the field, for it to be the greatest assemblance of defensive talent to ever take the field in Oxford. Like, that's how good they're expecting to be under defensive coordinator Pete Golding. And so, I mean, I think Ole Miss significantly took a step forward what they brought in the portal. Um, you know, outside of that, if you're asking for major, major leaps and major jumps, Diesel, I, I don't know that, you know, I think Ole Miss, or excuse me, I think Missouri got better. I mean, I think Kentucky got better. Um, but I would say those would be my top two, man. I think out, I think Texas, too. I think Texas, they've been big, big winners of the portal. we got to start thinking about Texas as SEC. So uh, they just picked up Isaiah Bond from Alabama. Uh, it seems like every other day they're getting some big commitment out of the transfer portal. So getting Quinn Ewers back, by the way, for the next season, that was massive, right? Sometimes the biggest recruiting wins are the guys who are already on your campus that decide to come back. Georgia's felt that with Carson Beck announcing he's coming back. A lot of that team is coming back. They may land Caleb Downs from Alabama out of the transfer portal. It sounds like the dogs are the favorite to get him. Um, so those would be my top three. I would say Texas, Georgia, and Ole Miss. And by the way, guys, all three of those benefit from Nick Saban hanging it up. But certainly Georgia, I think, is Kirby Smart and company look to take that next step and become sort of that next dynasty, if you will. Chris Phillips, SEC Unfiltered, joining us here on Offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, we are the fan upstate. Chris, what is your three-year forecast for Clemson football? Is Dabo going to be there for the duration, or is he not? Is Clemson going to be in the ACC, or are they not? Results on the field. Three-year forecast, Chris Phillips. I don't think Clemson's going to be in the ACC. I, I'd be surprised at that. I, I just I think with the ever-changing landscape of college football, I don't know if Clemson's going to go to the Big Ten or I mean, heck, three years from now, Mark. You know how things are moving so quickly. We could have 
you know, one big super conference and the, and the power five is completely separated from G five. And I mean, you know, those are things that folks who are a lot smarter than me are in control and in power and they're making those decisions. But I mean, you have to look at what happened with Florida state this past year. And I mean, those schools have got to be figuring out ways out immediately, like trying to go through every loophole they can figure out um, because Clemson doesn't want that to happen to them. Right. So uh, I don't think Clemson will be in the ACC, you know, if it's three years, if it's five years, whatever it is. I think that change is coming sooner rather than later. Great question, Mark, is Davo Sweeney there? I mean, it's, you know, I, I'm just still fascinated and amazed by the fact that Davo Sweeney refuses to utilize the transfer portal. I mean, I guess the most they did this past cycle was they offered a couple of guys, but the only school in the top 25 in recruiting that does not have, did not sign anyone from the portal was Clemson at number 15. And, I mean, I think their ratings are suffering from it. Like, they're not recruiting at the level they once were. They're not recruiting a top five clip or even a top ten clip. So, you know, I I think winning trumps all, right? I think no matter what you've done at a certain school, even if you won national championships, nobody's immune from the effects of losing. And, I mean, you know, three-year projection record-wise, Mark, I don't think Clemson's just going to fall off of, fall off the cliff, right? I mean, I think, and I mean this respectfully, but it's just the truth. Like, they play in the ACC. So, I don't know they're ever going to have a schedule that's good enough to beat them up and, and pick on them and know, them go six and six. But, I mean, if Clemson strings another eight and four, two or, the, two or three more years of that, there's going to be a – his seat's going to be on fire, Mark, because forever and ever and ever, I think Clemson fans, what they're going to go back to is, Dabo, you said it yourself, Best is the standard. Best is the standard. Are you doing everything in your power to make Clemson the best? And I think we can all agree he's obviously not. So is Dabo Sweeney the head coach of Clemson in three years? If I had to bet, it'd probably be 51-49. I would probably lean no, though. I'd probably lean no because the ever-changing landscape of college football, I don't see Dabo Sweeney evolving with the times. And if you can't evolve, you can't win, right? You adapt or die. So, um it will not surprise me at all if in three years Dabo Sweeney has either retired or taken another job or is just simply not at Clemson anymore. You know, Chris, and, uh, and Clemson fans will say, uh, look, uh, we, he is using the portal, but if you're not using the portal, the portal effectively, you're effectively <laughs> not using the portal, right? So, I mean, that's, that's the reality of right. the situation, that they're not competitive in the portal. Uh, anything worth doing is worth doing well. Chris Phillips, SEC Unfiltered. Great stuff as always, man. Congrats on the new venture. Mark Diesel, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. We'll do it again next week. All right, looking forward to it. And we've got the top five at five. Coming your way next here on Offsides, the Fan Up State. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.